and this is your Captain Ricky Ricardo. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new edition of the Swift Kicks podcast. I'm Alex, and with me, as always, are Ben and Steve. Before we get started, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Share it with anyone you know who loves the beautiful game. Also, check out swiftkickspod.com, as well as our partners over at Ruben's Brews. Currently have a Czech-style pilsner from them. Pretty delicious. On this episode, Liverpool and Man City turned out to be a big six game that lived up to the hype. Manchester United missed an opportunity to go top of the league and have a defining few games ahead of them. Plus, Aligana Solskjaer now in the hot seat, possibly. Newcastle's Steve Bruce makes a telling admission, but he's not the first manager to be sacked. That title goes to Zisco Munoz at Watford. So, Steve, did you have that name on the top of your list first to go? No. Um, <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> but... Uh... No, I didn't. And it replaced with Claudio Ranieri, correct? Correct. Yeah. Bring him back. Ran- Who's Ranieri? 69 years old. Nice. 69 years old. Uh, good Not as the age, most but, sexual uh, thing we'll talk about on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I honestly, and it's kind of a shame. I, I don't, I should be more aware of the positions of, of, of teams like Watford, but I wasn't, I wasn't of the disposition yeah. that they were doing so poorly. What? Is it is it the age of sixty nine that makes you say positions over and over again? <laughs> maybe there's something. Maybe there's something in the water. I don't know what's going. On. <laughs> we, we have we there. have changed. We have changed. The, the beer fund was hashtag Steve's beer fund was going dry. So we've we've started a gin fund. So maybe that's the change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> things things are getting a little risque with the gin. <laughs> Blame it on the gin. Yeah, I believe they made a song about that once. Uh, yeah, Watford sitting in fifteenth place. You know, not the worst team. Not. Definitely not the club that I would have thought that would be looking to sack their manager right away. You know, sit with seven points out of what a possible, what, 20, 21. Um, so it's not the worst, not the best, obviously. Yeah. I think they had a little bit of a hotter start last season, if I remember correctly. Um, but right in sort of, you know, that mid table fight where you would probably expect them to be, you know, keeping up in the Premier League is a good position for them to be in so i really i don't know if there was more to this something else was going on behind the scenes uh, but yeah it just seems a little bit out of the blue a little bit early on but maybe that was the reason why they did it because it was so early on it gives a new manager to come in and actually have some time to do something i feel like so many times you see these managers come in and they have 10 matches to sort it out you know the old big sam come in yeah. and help us <laughs> but ben what do you what's your take I mean, I kind of thought Big Sam might be the guy for the job. Um, and I just, I'm going to throw this. Here's a trash take for the year. Mm-hmm. Steve Bruce finally walks away from Newcastle. Big Sam comes in and bails him out. I'm just calling that right now. <laughs> you know, we're bringing in 69 year olds into the Prem. This guy is ready to go. Um, yeah, a little cutthroat. They had two losses on the, in a, in a row, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both were pretty winnable games, but yeah, it's, it's kind of cutthroat, man. Uh, meanwhile, Norwich have not fired their coach. Uh, Newcastle, you know, 19th place, and Burnley in 18th place. All those teams didn't get rid of their coach yet. And they're much worse form. The other coach on the hot seat right now, for some reason, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. Hmm. Yeah. A bit wild. I mean, that one's all, I think, derives from uh, the video that we put up on at Real Swift Kicks on Twitter uh, of Sir Alex Ferguson having a conversation, being asked uh, about Cristiano Ronaldo and how he came off the bench against uh, Everton and 
he said, you got to start your best players. And you kind of hang on to every word that he says because you kind of feel like he's like the sage old advisor, like just kind of the man that's like wallowing around Old Trafford, I guess, giving out advice uh, to the managers and what he says must go. Like he's just sort of the, I don't know. He's the elder. Yeah, he's the, he's the person yeah. that you listen to. Just the to. elder, you know, just just hand hand over shoulders with Khabib, just, just yeah. chilling, yeah, just having a conversation about Man United tactics as as one would as expect. One does. Yeah, uh, it was funny. We got a reply to that. One person said that uh, cool. the the second question um, was in regards to his health. And Sir Alex says he's feeling good, doing well, which is a good thing, of course. But it led to the question as to whether or not he'd come back and just be Man U's manager. If he's in good health, could he do it? No, no, he's, he's past well. it. He's past he's, it. Yeah. He's feeling well and in good health, but he's like a debility disorder he's, that could he's well enough to anyway. talk to Khabib but Khabib can't understand the Scottish accent to begin with so <laughs> that's just, just he's he's at that level but yeah managing nah night no nah. the real uh question in that room is like oh they're gonna soul shot how many weeks do we give him to figure it out you've got the most expensive payroll right now in the prem if not the most expensive up there right and now it's like all right push has come to shove it, it's time to show what you got kid um if you want to keep this job you need to be able to put these players on, on the field and, and get some results i think they subbed on like 1.1 million dollars worth of subs in the 60th minute Incredible. brought in like <laughs> paul pogba um ronaldo and i can't remember the third person but like they're just putting talent on the bench he's trying to he's overthinking it right you've got the talent you got paul pogba cristiano ronaldo bruno fernandez all these players and you have them riding the bench. So I don't know what's going on at that club right now, but it's, it's frustrating as a fan. But here's the thing. So this is, I, I alluded to this in the opening that they missed an opportunity to go top. If they pulled two more points, if they won that game, they'd be at least tied on point 16. They could be going top with uh, with goal difference. Is it really that bad? Again, it's almost the same as, Watford firing their manager in a position that they should be in. You know, Man United are well within range right now at this point in the season to be in a title fight. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're out of it by any means. For me, it's like, all right, if you haven't, if you're drawing games like this come Christmas time, dude, you're, you're gonna be struggling to keep your job. Like, you have yeah. such an expensive team right now, you have to be getting three points in games like that. Um, yeah. But at this, like like you're saying or alluding to, I think they drew. You know what I mean? It's it's not yeah. the end of the world. They're still they're they're within striking distance. Um, but I think what's kind of cool, and this is me removing the Man United fan out of the conversation, is what's kind of cool to see is uh, Chelsea weren't that active in the transfer market, right? They bought their one player, Lukaku. Granted, yeah. it was an expensive purchase, but Liverpool barely spent a thing right they they helped Jurgen Klopp our favorite Bond villain has been silently chipping away and put <laughs> Liverpool in striking distance they are in the title race you know what I'm saying yeah. like remind us we need to talk about Man, Man, U, Man City <laughs> yeah we'll come back to him in a sec but you know Man U, Man City big spenders sit in four, third and fourth in the table but Chelsea Liverpool spent significantly less and look like they're in the driver's seats Brentford are uh, two spots out of Europe. Yeah, the bees don't mess with the bees. They well, aren't they currently in like the Europa? Seventh. 
conference or whatever. They're in seventh, yeah. Uh, the the source of information. The source of information I'm showing only talks about or only shows the Champions League and Europa League qualification spots. Yeah. I do think that you're right with the. I think the two spots outside of that are Conference League. I think. Yeah. Question mark. But <laughs> yeah, question mark. Um. But yeah, Brentford are Brentford are flying. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, who do they have coming up after? So we're going into an international break against yeah, ooh, Chelsea. Big game for them. I was just looking at the Man United fixtures as well. Leicester, Leicester City yeah. and then uh, Liverpool after that. So really putting yourself to the test there, I guess. Uh, but let's talk about that top six matchup, Man City, Liverpool, and that Mo Salah goal that really should have been the winner. I think the Man City equalizer, a little, little dicey. I think it counts, but that Mo Salah goal was the, the showstopper for sure. What was the equalizer? Was it Foden's or? It was De Bruyne that scored the goal. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he yeah. passed it back or yeah, Foden took a shot, came out, uh, De Bruyne hit it back through and um, what's his name? Sterling was just kind of laying on the floor. Yeah. People thought that he was sort of blocking the keeper's view, but I didn't I think he think was. So. He was just kind of no. laying there. He did exactly what you were supposed to do. I feel like, like I Is said, De Bruyne left footed. <sighs> That's a good question. He hit that. He hit that very well with his left foot. I mean, yeah, he's a top professional, but I was just thinking that was the first thing I thought when I was watching that game live. I was like, oh, boss man just hit with his left. Like it wasn't a thing. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kevin De Bruyne has the best left foot in the Premier League. Oh, okay. And he's okay. right footed. Oh, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeah. This, uh, this piece of information that I'm reading was very confusing. Bad lead. But uh, yeah, apparently he's right-footed, but has a very good left foot, as we all witnessed on Sunday. Yeah. But that was a game. That was a, a definitely a good game. Um, are we surprised by the the top four or the top six at this point in time? Everton are a little sneaky right now. I, again, I know we just said right this, Liber- Jesus, Liverpool six. dangerous. Yeah, I mean, bright. Shocks Brighton. to me are Leicester. Yeah. Leicester at thirteenth. That's kind of shocking to me. Um, but top four to answer your question. I mean, Chelsea. No, we knew Chelsea. Chelsea are number one. I think that we were we forecasted Chelsea to be probably winning the league this year. Um, I can't remember what we've all kind of thought of Liverpool. Like, obviously, we know Liverpool is a force, but I thought I Liverpool think- was going to have a, a slightly poor season. I thought that they, uh, I thought that Mo Salah wasn't going to show up this year. Right. And I think here we all, he is think, yeah. showing me up. <laughs> there, there was people of the disposition that, like, you know, there was unrest in that front three of Mane. Uh, Firmino and, and Salah, and we were thinking that maybe that was going to start falling apart this season. Um, yep. Well, they're one point behind leaders, Chelsea. Yep. City, I don't think. It, no, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm not too surprised at top four right now. Uh, Arsenal are right where I thought they'd be, outside top ten. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's more that five through sort of – eight or nine position that I feel is very, is kind of different. You know, Everton always kind yeah. of plays around there, but like you were saying, Brighton, Ben, Brentford, Brentford, Tottenham. Tottenham are slipping. Yeah. I mean, Harry Kane at least was scoring a little bit, you know, but yeah, I, I, I just don't feel like, drought? yeah, I just don't feel like they have anything else going forward. I mean, they beat Villa the over sun. the weekend. Yeah, son, but I feel like he he feeds off of Harry Kane so much, you know. I mean, who's uh, Hoberg and Target scored for Tottenham against Villa, so 
you know, that's those aren't the people that you think are going to be scoring the goals, I feel like. So, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. You're getting goals from all over, but I don't know. I just feel like Tottenham aren't going to have a great season going forward. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think they were going to have a great season. I uh, feel bad for um, Nuno because I, yeah. I think he's a uh, uh, an empathetic manager, but I just don't think that he – I don't know. It's a, it's a kind of a strange appointment. It's like it's like with those top – I don't want to consider Tottenham like a top six side no. or like a top side, but there seems to be just kind of like an, uh, an endless revolving door amongst this top group of – you know, like the Super League per se. Like there's like a revolving door of managers that just kind of cycle, just do the rounds of these, you know, these clubs like Real Madrid's and 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 Barcelona's and 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 Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool. It just seems like it's the same. Just shuffle the cards, but it's the same cards every time. It's like those managers. And then Nuno was like the wild card, you know, yeah. like yeah. he's not part of that equation. We're we're trying something new. Like we're adding a new card to the deck. It's kind of like and, Arteta. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Same concept. Um, I I hope they see him out because he is a good coach. You know what I mean? Um, and I think he needs to have a full. Well, I mean, you saying Arteta is a good coach? No, I'm talking about Nuno. Oh, um, I think that he needs to have a January transfer market, like transfer window, to see yeah. if he can do anything to to fit his needs. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. To get his, honestly, to get the locker room where it needs to be. Harry Kane, maybe. Right comes into form by January, maybe Kane's on his way out. Um, but at the same time, we're so quick to be like, hey, look, we need to stop just firing coaches and see what they can do. Yeah. Um, Arteta's been in his seat too long. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange one with 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 Tottenham, though, because like if you look at Nuno and what he did at Wolves, I don't know how long he was there at Wolves, but he like reformed the side where that starting 11 was primarily at least half Portuguese players. The, the manager's Portuguese. He brought in a lot of Portuguese players. He had them playing a certain way. Tottenham, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure they're of the position where they're kind of like known for being penny pinchers. Like Daniel Levy's not like one to be blowing big amounts of cash on, on people. So, yeah, <clears throat> like Nuno, I would imagine, would want to take that same formula and take it to Tottenham, you know, bring in, I don't, I don't know, some Portuguese players or bring in his like Portuguese type of style that he did with Wolves and do the same thing with Tottenham, I would imagine. I don't think he's going to be given the budget to do so. I also don't think he's going to be given the time to do so at Tottenham. So just the whole compatibility of Nuno and Tottenham to, already from the from the starting block, I think raises questions. Um, yeah. And I think that we're seeing it now. It's like, all right, he doesn't have the locker room that he maybe wants. I mean, yeah, he's got class players, but does he know what to do with those class players? Because it's not his, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's coming to uh, a team that is not his, if that makes right. sense. Right. It's not and his team. Right. It's not like it's a bad team. It's just not his team. Yeah. That's a good so way to put it. He's got to learn to manage that as much as they've got to learn to be managed by him, I think. And I don't think he's going to be given the time to learn how to manage him. Yeah. And that that's a, it's a tough spot to be in because I feel like it's been a club that's had that managerial turnover as of late. And it's, it's tough to be like, okay, oh, how long are you going to be here for? You know, you can't – it's hard to see somebody really being there for a long time, I think. Um, and it really takes, I think, a manager, especially in the day and age that we live in, you know, 
it takes a lot for them to prove right away that they are the manager that's going to stay there a long time um, and to prove to the board, et cetera, that they're the person that's going to lead the club to whatever they want it for. So we'll see on that. Uh, as for other managers, Steve Bruce, uh, seven Premier League games now without a victory, 16 goals conceded in the process, three points out of 21, second bottom, eight winless matches if you count the Careless Cup. Um, we <laughs> losing to Wolves. Speaking of the Portuguese, actually, it was, uh, it was South Korean, though. Uh, Huang Hee Chan had a pretty good double. You know, I mean, he looked good, good for him. Uh, put two past us and uh, lost against Watford, couldn't overcome them or struggling Southampton, Leeds, Villa. I don't know what we're doing. Uh, and neither does Steve Bruce, it appears. Uh, in a press conference, he said, I keep saying the same thing, which is, I didn't think we deserved to lose, and we had a big opportunity to win it. Uh, you have an opportunity to win every game, Steve Bruce. Uh, everybody walks in thinking that they can win, and every single time you seem to blow it. Um, I guess there was a like a snap poll on Sunday of the Newcastle United Trust. 95% of its members said that they want Steve Bruce out, and yet he's still manager. I um, did the last thing I wanted to mention because I had seen this earlier and I was just digging through my phone to find it was that um, there's a comp Nuno uh, Nuno's compensation clause at Tottenham. Uh, they agreed over the summer that Nuno can be fired for free in the summer if Spurs finish out, outside top six. So it sounds like. <laughs> he will get he will get no it sounds like if i read if i understand that correctly they can't fire him during the season or risk paying him out some unmentioned fee, unmentioned amount yeah it's a uh, promise for the season yeah however they can fire him in the summer for free should he f- finish outside top six can we just pause <laughs> like hang on <laughs> think about that kind of pressure like you're Tottenham, right? Name six teams that are going to be better than you. You got to go in, not spend any money, right? Because he pretty much inherited this team. And he's expected to finish above most of the league, right? Mm-hmm. So the top third was more than that, right? It's yeah. the top quarter. Um, what pressure must be on? How do you sleep at night? You're just, you're screwed. You know what I mean? I mean, that's part of the job, I guess. But like, he's got to finish in top six. Otherwise, he'll get fired for free i'm curious i wish the article alluded to how much money he would earn should he be fired during the season i imagine they got to pay out the contract yeah whatever oh right. yeah yeah i don't know what the initial contract was but sorry to uh, i know you were talking about steve i don't Bruce even know if you read it whatever i'll do it yeah. he's just trying to he's just trying to climb the ladder he's like I'll man he's like, fine. yeah he's like <laughs> This 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 uh, VIP club of managers who keep getting you know bounced around from these top clubs to top clubs, it's hard to break this. It's hard to break this. So he's like, they're like, hey, we can fight you for free if you finish outside top six. You still want? You still you still interested? He's like, yes. He's like, punch my <laughs> ticket. I want to get in this <laughs> this VIP club, and uh, he just signs the dotted line. Right. Um. Yeah, I was basically only ranting about Steve Bruce. He sucks. Uh, the team, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Uh, during the game, we had two players with the same jersey on, so that was cool. 
if there's ever a picture that, yeah. run that by me one more time uh so we had uh javier manquillo uh he was a, he's the number 19 for our team um and then federico fernandez one of our defenders uh he needed to put on a new jersey so he came out and he had javier manquillo's jersey on as well so there's a great picture of two number 19 manquillo's running around the pitch and if there was ever a picture that shows where we are as a club right now i mean i don't did even know how you the game as such or did the referee say hey no they finished the game as such i mean two oh. kilos and uh no points so should have gave a yellow card for identity theft <laughs> identity theft is not a joke Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's that's kind of where we are as the club right now and there's there's been a couple of pundits out there i saw over in the bbc the it was Danny Murphy said, uh, it's not all that bad. I mean, I just said it. <laughs> you're playing Alan St. Maximum up the middle. You know, he's a clear left winger. And Steve Bruce, again, saying, you know, we're trying to find the balance and change the way we play. Um, I saw there was a, an article, I think it was in the Chronicle, people that, or sorry, it was in the Athletic. Um, they went back a year ago and he said exactly the same thing, that it's all about getting the balance right. And we're trying to weigh the change that Newcastle plays. I mean, that's just a lost year of talent development of anything going on. Obviously nothing has changed. Um, and we're kind of a lost club right now. So from an onlooker with no bias, it to me looks like Newcastle have done this every year and they've been okay, <laughs> but yeah. like, you're going to get the same results unless you change your, so this you is know, your front man. Steve Bruce has managed 1,225 games in the Premier League, which is shocking in itself. Uh, he's won 26 of them. Nice. Uh, yeah, what, what is that as a percentage? Say that again. What? what is 1, 26 for? 1,225 games coached in the Prem. He's won 26 of them. Holy Dear Mr. Sh- Ashley, I'm available. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I could do that job. It's about a two oh, percent win rate. That's disgusting. One thousand two hundred and twenty-five games, and he's one twenty-six. One twenty-six of them. One, not one hundred twenty-six. He has two been victorious in two twenty-six oh. times. You know it's bad when your win rate or your winning numbers are lower than the unemployment rate, like. <laughs> Bye, Steve Bruce. <laughs> All right. Wow. So there goes any sort of defense for Steve Bruce, the uh, English uh, Peter Griffin. Yeah. He's got to go. That, that yeah. statistic alone should be enough to never have a job in the Premier Yeah. What? I don't understand. How, how is yeah. 26, 1,200 games? Yeah. 26. If I had a, a quiz and it had 1,200 <laughs> questions on it and I answered 26 correct, I'm not passing. <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not moving to the next grade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe he thinks it's golf. I don't know. I don't right, know what he thinks low he's score doing. is actually a high score. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm really good at this. Why is everyone giving me flack all the time? Yeah. Well, anyway. Alex, before... <laughs> um, I'm sorry that you're dealing with that, man. You yeah. should just quit football like yeah it's just not fair in life frankly it's it's hard um what keeps me going is this season's title race um i think this is actually the first season that i think we actually have four or five teams that are in this what do you guys think it's dynamic man it's so exciting and like 
as a United fan, I know I'm just going to be devastated in about a <laughs> month here. Um, but so like, I don't know about you guys, but I always have a second team when my team's not performing. Uh, Steve, for you, that would be Rangers. Um, <laughs> for everyone else, though. <laughs> as opposed to his first team, For, for the listeners that can't see, I am giving Ben the middle finger. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me, I, I kind of want to see Klopp pull it off after his Klopp flop last year. I kind of <laughs> pegged him as someone that was on the hot seat. Um, I think he's – if he can pull it off without spending any money – and like publicly saying like, yo, this is a problem or that these clubs have spent so much money. We don't need to, I got what I need right here. If he pulls it up, that's incredible, but United for gold always. But I think Liverpool could do the unthinkable really. It'll be interesting to see how Chelsea progress. I think after, I think, them maybe being able to see the quality and sort of the technical ability of both Liverpool and Man City against each other. Maybe that makes Tuchel go, all right, we really have like some people nipping at our heels right now. And this is not going to be perhaps as easy. I think a lot of people at the beginning of the season, all three of us thought that Chelsea maybe weren't going to run away with this, but we're definitely going to be odds on favorites. Um, And there's a couple of people hanging around them right now that I think they're maybe looking back and saying, okay, what else can we do? What do we need to be doing to sort of get ourselves back to being top of the Premier League at the end of the season? Um, so I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm I mean, they're still there, right? Like it's. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, no. We're like writing them off. I think Chelsea, for me, I don't think Chelsea have anything short of first or second place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think it's going to be for the first time in a while, it's going to be a hard league to win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Last couple of years, this time of the year, we were already like, oh, here we go. Yeah, Who's gonna it was a two-horse race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, you got a little bit tighter competition. Um, do you guys think that the international breaks being so frequently are weighing in on this? Is that stopping some of these big clubs from running away with things? Potentially, uh, only because there's – well, so they've lifted – not lifted, they've reached an agreement – for these uh, red listed countries uh, to be able to send their players overseas to play for the internationals. Um, So I think that that might change some things. I feel like there were a couple of players, uh, maybe not some of the bigger names, but some of maybe the squad players that might've been held back a little bit from going on to do that. So maybe there was a little bit more squad depth and I don't know, maybe that's added to the excitement of the Prem that there's just been a little bit of extra energy in the squads, but it might be why you're seeing Brighton and Brentford in the mix. Yeah, 100%. Um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, this year it's almost weird this season because last year was just so bizarre and there were breaks and there were, you had no idea what was going on, who was going to be able to play for what. Um, and now we're going back into a, what is just a sort of a typical season. You know, these breaks happened all the time, they, they're built into the, the mold. Um, so it's almost weird. I think probably even for the players, you know, especially anybody that played in Euros, they're like, oh man, we're back in a tournament sort of play. Like we're doing all this stuff again. Like it could be exhausting for the teams going forward. I think, I think there's been a lot of football. And I think over the summer we were talking about, would there be fan fatigue over it? And frankly, with the fact that this season has been so tight and so competitive, there's not, at least for me. Um, I'm kind of annoyed by the international breaks. 
Yeah, I don't want it you know, right now. I want, I want to see Man City Liverpool again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably a blessing for United right now, kind of stalling out. You know what I mean? Regroup, get your feet back under you. See you yeah. in a couple of weeks. We'll be okay, but like... Yeah, maybe Bruno game. Fernandez and Ronaldo can learn how to work together. Probably not. <laughs> they don't even play together in Portugal. They won't play at the same time. Like They sub for each other. What do you think, Steve? Yes, I think you bring up a good point. Um, Thank you. The uh, Alex, actually, no, I think it was. I think it was Ben's point. Actually, okay, I, I so, forgive you. Uh, but uh, about the lesser, not lesser teams, but like some teams struggling more with these international breaks, uh, international calendars, uh, and that translating to lower positions on in the in the, in the league. Um, I do think that's I. I that makes complete sense to me. Uh, maybe teams like Leicester, where they have you know your Yuri Tielemans and uh, your Soyuncu's and you know Casper Schmeichel, all these players that are you know are they're when they're playing at their top level, you know they can achieve big things in the league. You know, top top five, top four. You know they've won the Prem obviously, but when they become established internationals and the international game requires so much of their attention that takes so much from your tank that you have available, you know, for, for your league, for your domestic league, you know, or for whatever competitions that you're in. So these upper echelon players, you know, that have done this long enough or have the experience or have these squads that have the depth that they can, you know, weather these types of storms, Perhaps you see that they're handling this a bit better, and then there's some teams that are kind of falling off by the wayside uh, because of that. That's a good point. Um, I, I would be surprised if that wasn't in, uh, affecting some of these teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you guys want? Do you want to talk about League Ulala? <laughs> The sexiest league in the in the world. Yeah. So not only did PSG, they took a yeah. loss, right? Yeah, yeah they lost. Quick. They had we don't zero. talk about PSG. No one cares about PSG. They had zero shots on target. The Haley's Comet of the soccer world. Okay. <laughs> like we need to just revisit this twice a year. It comes around. Okay. What and are we calling I, it? Um, Steve named it, so I'm going to call on him in a second. But the French Equinox. Yes, the French equinox, the soccer equinox, right? <laughs> Twice a year it comes around. It's when Nice plays breast, okay? <laughs> and you just need to read it because it happens twice a year. But once a year is when Nice is home to breast. And then when you read that score online, it says nice breast, okay? And I think you guys need to celebrate this. And it should be an annual thing. We need to get, like, drinks and we need to throw parties. And it'll be the nice breast party, Okay. No questions asked. The nice breast party. That sounds like a nice party. Yeah. I would go to that party. <laughs> Lots of dudes. I Lots heard dudes. the referee at the end of the game said that that match was a handful. I don't get it. <laughs> Two handfuls. Hey. Nice scored <laughs> twice. Nice did score twice. <laughs> Rest only scored once. Late on. <laughs> Typical, am I right? And that was your MLS coverage for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I literally have nothing for MLS. So. Yeah. Yo, you guys, 
I have the best. Where are they now? Ooh. I don't think you're ready for it. You you're ready following for up league uh, with with where are they yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eh. Not extends. No, no extends. <laughs> there will be extends later. Um, but you guys want to jump into this real quick? Yeah, let's hit it. So this individual is a Virgo. Um, you know, dabbled in the world of football. Um, is predominantly known for uh, being a midfielder, attacking midfielder. And I'm going to leave it at that. Are they currently playing? No. They retired in 1998. So it's a bit of a throwback. Ooh. Oh, boy. I'm going to say Alex gets this one like he got that last one. <laughs> Genoa? Uh, Genoa? Yo, just call Alex yeah. old. No. Yeah. No, that's not what I said. You just did. Uh, did they play exclusively in the Prem? No, they did not. Okay. 1998. Are, are they British? They are not. Um, are they dead? No. They are <laughs> Where not. are they now? Dead. <laughs> Where are they now? The ground. <laughs> Six feet deep, bro. Good God, Steve. Well, I was like, all right, I'm just going to let's just make sure. Ask them the so, questions that people want to know. <laughs> yeah, I'll follow up a little bit and just share. This this gentleman also was known for pretty good hair back in the day. Just like last week's Where Are They Now? Surely you can't. No, it's not. It's never mind. Oh, take a guess. Take a stab, man. Are they, are they English? No. Okay. That was already asked. Oh. <laughs> Someone got a person was also coached at one point by Alexi Wallace. Yikes. (laughs) He was what? I didn't know Alexi Lawless was a manager. I just, that just image went. I guess he was a general manager. We need to narrow down this country. That's what's, that's what I'm having a hard time with. Is he European? In the Prem, he's European. Okay. Um, Of course, he did a, you know, stunt in the States. Um, he was, I, he didn't play under Lexi Lawless. Let me correct that. He was a manager of LA galaxy at one point. This player was also a manager. He was of... a player manager for a big six team. Probably he... the last player manager for a big six team. Did he coach international? Ryan Giggs was a player oh. manager for Man United. What year? Uh, no, no, oh, no, you said, was, he said, he? He said he's the last one. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. It was, it was before that. This would have been in uh, 98. 96 through 98. I'm having a hard time with this one. I'm like waiting for Alex to get it, honestly. Um, Only like... I was going to say Jurgen Klinsmann, but... No, that's a... Good, good guess, but yeah, you're off. He's a, a Dutchman. <laughs> but no, Ooh, yeah, no Dutch. Okay, all right, no. that helps. Um, uh, it's not. Is it Coleman? It no. is not Coleman. Did Coleman play in the Prem? I don't know. I'm just naming Dutchman. No, this guy be... started his career at uh, HFC Harlem, and then ended it. At uh, at at Chelsea, 
ended it at Chelsea, and he's Dutch. Harlem to Chelsea? Yeah. Don't Google it. I'm not. I'm strictly going off. Uh, of I don't my think head you here. are. <laughs> Um, his manager career started at Chelsea, went to another Premier League team, then Feyenoord, LA Galaxy, Tarek Gosnia, uh, Grozny was the last club, and now he's living his best life doing a little bit of uh, TV work. Wow. What a managerial career. That thing plummeted. That was in free fall. We already did Edgar Davids. Closest with Edgar Davids. (laughs) Because he's Dutch. Frank? No, No, not Frank Reichardt. Rude Gullet? Rude Gullet? Oh, Rude Gullet. Yeah, that's the guy. We got Rude Gullet back in the <laughs> in the mix. He was, uh, apart from Ryan Giggs, that was a good shout, by the way, um, was one of the last player managers I can think of. You know, player manager at Chelsea. Think about that. Such a big club. Um, yes, he did play at career. Chelsea. I, I could have got that. He won a Ballon d'Or. He was a phenomenal player. Um, all-around legend. Newcastle, Alex. Yeah, I mean, I tried to block that part of his career out of my mind because that was absolutely horrendous. He benched Alan Shearer. Uh, just didn't like him at all. Uh, it did not go well at all. Uh, I remember he was brought in and everybody Rude. thought, yeah, everybody thought that he was going to be sort of like the guy to sort of follow Sir Bobby Robson and everything. And it, it just... Uh, it was terrible. I, ever since that point, actually, is probably the downfall of Newcastle. About 99. Rude, Rude so you Hullet. think it's Rude Hullet. Yeah, Rude nicknamed the Black Tulip. What a name. In fairness, he did go from Newcastle to Feyenoord, then LA Galaxy, and then Indonesian soccer. So, like, Yeah, because people found out Newcastle that he couldn't that actually manage, manage anything. Players. Yeah. He had the Steve Bruce qualities. (laughs) An ego thing. Won the 1987 Ballon d'Or. In 2004, he was listed as one of the top 125 greatest living football players as part of FIFA's 100th anniversary celebration. Where are they now? Rudolet. I just want to say that HFC Harlem is not Harlem, New York. So that got me really confused. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dutch. But fun to know that Harlem is in Holland and New York called New Amsterdam. Fun little history facts you get here on Swift yeah. Kicks podcast. Uh, right up. Yeah, we right provide up it all for you. <laughs> cool. Um, so we've done the French Equinox. Uh, we've talked about the 69-year-old manager. Um, now let's talk about the lady in the tramp. So Mbappe, who apparently wants to be out the door this summer, uh, heading out to Real Madrid, Wanted to be out the door last summer, apparently, as well. Uh, apparently, he's called Neymar a tramp because he didn't pass to him. Yeah, that's like the softest insult. Yeah. Could you imagine if we were playing together and you're like, you're a tramp? I'd be like, all right, whatever. Yeah. I was just thinking that uh, mention yeah. of Ruth Hullet managing LA Galaxy, that was actually your MLS coverage for today's episode, just so you guys Perfect. know. So, well done. Well done. Thank you. Um, thank you for bringing us up. Yeah, that's yeah. important. Um, anyway, back to uh, Lady and the Tramp. Um, Mbappe uh, uh, cleared that up apparently. So he conf- he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I called him a tramp. He's like, he didn't pass me the ball, but he's like, I respect what he is and who he is. Like, I respect him. He just made me mad at that moment. Like, I've called, we've called each other the worst things, and he's called me. He's like, he's gotten mad at me when I don't pass the ball. Like, we're both guilty of it. it we just like, we we just keep moving on. We just communicate. Like, we're not demeaning each other. We're just uh, we're just mad in the moment. Which I can understand, 
but um, I think because PSG and uh, what's the acronym? Messi, MMN, MMN, MNN, MNN, whatever, um, is uh, not uh, firing on all cylinders like the, the world thought they would. Yeah. Everyone's looking to point and uh, find problems. Um, I think it's a pretty normal mishap. Someone just happened to, you know, there's so many cameras on those guys now that nothing that they say gets, you know, goes without being noticed. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it's much to look into personally. I just think it's a funny headline. Yeah, it is a hundred percent. That's why we brought it to you. Um, not so funny, kind of going backward a little bit. I, I, I thought about bringing this up, but I'm gonna, um, so uh-huh. La Liga's president, Javier Tebas, has said that Barcelona could have kept Lionel Messi around if they didn't sign Memphis Depay and Sergio Aguero. LOL. Is that like something worth even saying? Like, yeah, the, sure. The president of La Liga. Who's probably a big Real Madrid fan, to be honest. <laughs> He just hates Barca. What if the the head of La Liga is actually the head of that hit campaign against Barcelona? <laughs> Plot twist. Just throw that out there. He's in charge That's of the funny. marketing. Didn't Aguero marketing. just go there because Messi was there? Yeah, man. I, I think so. I think that was what it was. They were like Messi was already unsure of whether or not he wanted to stay. We're like, how do we sweeten the pot? Let's get his best pal Sergio Aguero to come to the club. And they can be best friends, and then Messi will want to stay. And then that plan—that's just the that was just that was the financial that was the financial think tank. Like the people who do the accounting, they're just like, how do we keep Messi at all costs? Oh, we got to keep him. Let's get his friends in. Okay, all right, uh, friend, Sergio Aguero, he's his friend. All right, cool, sign him. Yep, and then I want to stay. Perfect. We're so good at our jobs. <laughs> where's the red? Where's the where, where's the ledger? burn it we don't care <laughs> we're doing what we need to do and now they are in the bed that they made yeah so speaking of being in beds they made can i give you guys a hot off the press update on my hero ronnie brunswick he what ronnie brunswick you're right ronnie brunswick. brunswick news ronnie brunswick is the uh vice president of Suriname. he's that 60 year old player owner oh. of that team in the CONCACAF league. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, not yeah. the CONCACAF. It was that it was was it CONCACAF or was it it's yeah. a CONCACAF league, like not CONCACAF. There's a CONCACAF league. He's uh from okay. Suriname. Yeah, Suriname. Yeah. Okay. You know where it is. Yeah. Hey, it's Steve, right next can to you describe that on a map, please. Yeah. It's all right. Well you uh Google that. <laughs> it's here. You just can't see it. It's a podcast. It's audio to you by extent. Um anyway, so those of you that don't know, let me just give you the background on this guy a legend right so the guy was in trouble for like drug smuggling and everything you could think of in europe robbed a was connected to like bank robbings and everything else like that um but is in a position of power in Suriname because he brought electricity and has helped feed the people of Suriname. he's a local legend right so Mm -hmm. two weeks ago he made headlines because the legend himself in the concaf league um started himself as captain and played for like 65 minutes he's 60 years old such a baller move um something you will see from ben green in the near future um not the troubled background but more so starting himself as captain at the age of 60 um anyway now flash forward he just got his team and the team he was playing against disqualified from all conca catholics 
effective immediately because a video emerged of him bribing the players on the other team to let them win. Holy they have smokes. video footage of him paying the players, like giving them cash. So it's another <laughs> thing to bribe someone, but it's video footage of him being like, Can I just say he's shirtless while doing it? That's just a power move. Legend. That's just a power move. Yeah, we will be selling what is this public stuff on swiftkickspod.com very soon. We'll make posters. Oh, yeah, you know, so by the way, Suriname is uh right in between French Guyana and uh regular Guyana, I suppose. Read a book. Um the, Interestingly, in South America, the plane yeah, just north, north of the Brazil, who curse, right? But uh, I I will share with you guys. He's a legend. We should make a movie about him. Yeah. Um, I'm just available to play the role of Ronnie. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, you guys are haters. Yeah, and that's um, not, it's not MLS coverage, but it's damn close. Transfer talk is starting to pop up a little bit. Man City's Raheem Sterling apparently opened a Barcelona loan in January. What on earth? Why? I don't know. Why would you want to go to a burning ship? Because he's the only Man City technically striker and he's still not getting to play striker. Play some? I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. Where would you go if you were Sterling? And what club needs Sterling right now? Newcastle. <laughs> You'd be a living hero. <laughs> Norwich. Norwich, yeah. You guys uh, need who, a midfield in Newcastle. Norwich have fallen and they cannot get up. Who else is in the bottom three? Yeah, Norwich, Newcastle, and Burnley. Southampton could probably deal with it as well. You know what's interesting? Leeds not doing too hot this season. Yeah. I think they got figured out. Or they're get. I think they had a little bit of a, a wee injury crisis and uh, they're not having a James, good time with James, though. Daniel James looks like a completely different level of player on that team. Yeah. Well, because he's letting the ponies run, you know? He's letting yeah. the horses out. He's awesome. I and like you know him. that they're going to get rid of uh, – what's his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell Come me. Yeah. <laughs> Calvin Phillips. I know oh. you. Yeah, he's connected to United, which makes no sense. He hates Man United. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, like, do you need another midfielder? Is that the other thing that you need? I feel like you need some, yeah, you need somebody to replace Michael Carrick. That sort yes. of position. We need a distributing center midfield. Scott McTominay, maybe it, he's been hurt and he just came back like a week ago. Yeah. Um, you have so. him. Nemanja Matic, problem solved. No. Well, you, you got Vanderbleek, except he Juan wants Ma- to leave. Juan problem solved. Vanderbleek's on his way out. Mata's turning 104 next week. Um, <laughs> and Easy. Uh, you have Fred. Yeah. Fred needs to be sold. I think Fred is a disaster of a player on Man United. Hmm. That's the real crisis right there. And Jaden Sancho. Yeah. What are you guys complaining about? Yeah. I was talking about Newcastle needs a center mid, but uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Newcastle needs an entire new team. John we'll Joe keep, Shelby for president. We'll keep St. Maximum. That's it. We'll just build it around. He's like the golden trash bag on top of a trash heap right now. So Newcastle play to be the underdog. Like, they always have a chance to pull off the unthinkable and then never do. And it doesn't make sense. I guess. Yeah. That's no, crazy. Um, Steve, um, how's how's your boys doing? Celtic beat Aberdeen over the weekend, right? Yeah. I was hoping you weren't going to bring it up. Kind of upset. Um, I mean, you won, but Rangers won as well. Yeah. Uh, Europe didn't go so hot. No. AC Milan, right? No. No. Was, uh, um, Bayer Leverkusen. Bayer Leverkusen, yeah. Yeah. 4-0? Jer- yeah, yeah. Uh, 4-0. 4-0 to the uh, 
he got crushed underneath Das Boot. Um, <laughs> sad. He saw Jeremy Frimpong, who uh, abandoned ship. Uh, he was a promising Dutch uh, fullback, uh, left to go to Bayern Leverkusen, started for them. And a lot of Celtic fans were – well, not a lot. But there was a, uh, a group of Celtic fans that were booing every time he touched the ball, which I think they're just salty at the way he left. But I think he saw what was happening – was Neil Lennon didn't see an end in sight, and he's like, "All right, well, I'ma head out," yeah. and uh, he did. But it's good to see him thriving. Bad to see us. Uh, Leverkusen. We said it. I said it as soon as the league, as soon as the groups were drawn. Real Betis, Leverkusen, and Fenerbahce. They're two of them. Definitely very good teams, and um, I think could give a lot of those prem teams. Uh, I'll run for their money uh, on their day, but uh, Fenerbahce. She just, I we just have bad history with them, and so I don't, I can't write them off. I would like to because everyone's like, "Where is that? Where are they from?" But yeah, they are the ones that knocked us out last year, so I can't talk too much shit. Um, yeah, Europe went poorly, but yeah, we we did beat, we did beat. It was kind of a cool little uh, photo. Uh, Scott Brown, ex Celtic captain, shaking hands with Callum McGregor. Um, that was cool to see. Uh, did win 2-1. Uh, Jota is looking like the real deal. Um, yeah. Really trying uh, really trying anything imaginable off the wings. Cutting inside, getting to the goal line, putting it across, uh, taking on players. He does a lot of – he's just not afraid of one-on-ones. He seeks – that. he actively seeks them out. Even if he – which is also very promising. If he does get deterred or someone does – you know, it's not successful – he goes at it with no less hunger or determination the second time. And it's cool to see. You hope he do, I just hope he doesn't get burned out um, with what's happening uh, with, you know, just what happens and what might happen in the league or what might happen with fans or what, you know, how the climate, the climate might turn, you know, things can get sour pretty quickly yeah. um, if left unattended, <coughs> Neil Lennon. Um, yeah. <laughs> but We'll see. It's still six points in the league. It's still six points. Uh, I think we have 10 points. If, let me bring it up here real quick. Yeah. yeah well, oh, no, I'm 13 sorry. 13 points. 13 points and then 19 points. So it was still a six-point gap. Uh, You're playing Motherwell after the international break. We're sitting in fourth place on 14 points. So you got a chance. Yeah, so that'll be a big one. That'll be a big one. Hopefully David Turnbull, if he does feature, because we signed him from, from Motherwell, hopefully he can put in a shift. Um, he's been looking a little dicey these last few games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I we'll see. We'll see. Not much to report. Obviously, it was a good win, but we had it was another last ditch goal to beat Aberdeen. It looked like it was going to be a draw. It's not convincing yet. I don't expect it to be convincing, but it'd be nice if it was. Yeah. Just a couple more things. Uh, 20 years ago today, Ben, it was that free kick, the Bend It Like Beckham free kick uh, that sent England to the World Cup in 2002. Of course, the free nice. kick happened in 2001. It's uh, as the, the recording of this podcast 20 years ago to this day. I saw something. It was a hot take. If Beckham had missed that free kick, it would have actually been better for Sven Goran Eriksson's England because they would have had to play. I think it was like a qualifier against Colombia or Venezuela. Easier road. And then, yeah, uh, they would have gotten into a, a technically easier group, supposedly. Um, and then it would have been an easier route down through to the final. So, Way to go, Dave. Yeah. 
Classic I mean, Dave. Uh, but Beckham has apparently been out in the press uh, just sort of talking about it and saying how it was his redemption for what happened in 1998 and how sort of the how the country forgave him for everything that happened during that game against Argentina. Yeah, that might be the softest red card of all time. Yeah, it was stupid, but it definitely Someone lost pulled his, his hair and he flicked the leg at him and got red. Yeah. Quarterfinals. I remember exactly where I was sat, Dave. People yeah. don't forget. <laughs> Boy, you got to bring that up, man. We didn't forgive you. We still Yo, remember. World Cup qualifiers coming up. USA looking to get back on track and continue their road to redemption, if you will, speaking of roads to redemption. Um, coming up this weekend, this weekend, coming up in like a couple of hours or days, uh, they're going to be playing up against Jamaica at home in Austin, Texas. The U.S. men's team has been riddled by injury, looking to uh, secure another three points. They're currently sitting third in the qualifying group. Um, I believe the top three go through, so they're in good shape right this second, but they are tied with Panama and Costa Rica and Honduras are right behind them. So really, Jamaica's bottom of the group. Um, U.S. men's team continue to be a concern, but you know they got to get stay course correcting, if you will, to kind of get there. Canada and Mexico are top of the group. Um, what do you guys think? Any hot takes there or just going to leave it alone? Uh I have a pessimistic uh, outlook on what what would happen with uh, USA's fortunes in qualifying. I'm keeping my expectations low so that I won't be hurt. Christian Pulisic's out. Weston McKinney's back in. So Weston McKinney got invited to the second party. Um, (laughs) Not follow any COVID protocols, but he is in his home state of Texas, so that might help him out. Um, pull sick being out makes sense. If I'm a, you know, if I'm Tucho, I'm like, Hey, can you stop playing at the U S you just get hacked to pieces and then you come back and can't play. So he's kind of had a rough bit of luck, right? He had COVID then he came back. It was an international break. He got picked up some knocks there. Wasn't fit to play for Chelsea since that it's been kind of a rough go at it. And part of it's because of his stint with the U S national team. Um, for but me, John I think Brooks the, is uh, going to miss some of these qualifiers because of back issues. It's a yeah. problem in the back for them. Um, and his back isn't hurting from carrying the team as we saw against Canada. No, where no, not at all. Did not mark at all. Um, I do think that'll actually benefit the squad and see what kind of depth lives there. Um, it should be, you know, you'd think they're going to walk away with three points, but if they don't, they got Panama away and that just could kill their momentum. Um, coming back on this uh, break against Costa Rica, which is in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, why would you ever go there? Um, <laughs> for I, I don't know, guys. I think these three games, if they walk away with three wins, I'm a believer. If they do not, I'm going to struggle to believe that Burhalter keeps his job. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I didn't know that. I uh... have to have hope because if you can win only 26 games and lose 1,200 and still keep your job, there's always a chance. <laughs> This is America. At least you're not Steve Bruce. Yeah, you could be Steve Bruce. Yeah, I feel like uh, America has a little bit more of a winning mentality than Mike Ashley. I don't know. I I was going to say, I don't know why the U.S. aren't hosting these games in like Denver and using the home field advantage. But at the same time, all their players would need like acclimatizing to the Denver climate as well, right? So, you know. Yeah. That's a random place. And then to go 
the other thing is like, why wouldn't you just set up a shop in one place? So like, you're gonna go from, um, you know, playing in Austin, Texas, and then six days later, you're gonna play in Columbus, Ohio. The temperature difference will be like 40 degrees. Columbus, yeah. Ohio has been like the spot for U.S. men national team to have like some big games though. Like, right. I think I think back to like the Landon Donovan, Brian McBride kind of years, but that was there was a lot of talk about like why not just build like a u.s men's national team facility there you know i mean it's fairly central you know it's more east coast ish than anything but it brings in a lot of people from the midwest from the east coast it's you know you can get there from the west coast if you wanted to it's not that bad of a place to have like an actual home base for the team like yeah every once in a while go play some games out in la or wherever but you don't Friendly. always have to. You should have Friendly. like a, right. yeah, you should have a spot you a where Wembley. you're playing your games. Yes. You need 100%. a home stadium that's dedicated to U.S. soccer, both men's yeah. and women's. Yeah. You need something for everybody to know that, oh, okay, that's that's men's soccer. That's where it is. Like you know what as much do? as baseball and Cooperstown, Cooperstown, New York is nothing. It's just a tiny little town. But everybody knows, oh, Cooperstown, New York, baseball. Like you could say Columbus, Ohio, soccer. Yeah, no other country shares around the, the games like this. You know what I mean? Unless something's under construction, everyone right. has a home home field. Yeah. Um, I, I've got the place. They should put it in Missouri. They should put it in the middle of nowhere and put that place on the map. Isn't there a town that's like literally dead center in like the contingent United States? Just call it. I think it's like in the middle of Kansas. Just call like, it Soccer Town. Soccer, soccer town, town, USA. Oh, call man. it Bullseye. Bulls, bulls. <laughs> this redneck comment was brought to you by steve yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the gin talking yeah um one last story guys jurgen klopp has finally confirmed our suspicions that he is a bond villain uh after that sensational tie with man city um he was asked about whether or not he would want to be the next replacement for current bond actor daniel craig who's on his way out after this final 007 movie um yes. when when asked about that role at MI6, Klopp said, I don't want to be James Bond. As a kid, I wanted to be James Bond, but that was long ago. Meaning, there's only one other option. He's a Bond villain. So, Ben, Shut I believe up. you were the first person to ever call him a Bond villain. So, congrats. Yeah, you thank have you. Uh, just successfully uncovered one of the great mysteries of this world. It's okay. What was the James Bond film where the antagonist was Jaws? That's what Klopp's going to be recast as. Jaws too. It wasn't yeah, Octopussy. Uh, I can't recall. Uh, I'm trying Jaws to allude was that in uh, Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Yeah. I'm trying to allude that Jurgen Klopp has uh, big chompers. <laughs> That's, Thanks, Steve. That's right, hey. Steve. <laughs> Steve's beauty Fellas. tips. <laughs> Fellas, USA is hosting uh, Mexico in Nevada on November 10th. Well, they should be Vegas? hosting it in Bullseye. Vegas or Reno? <laughs> we, uh, I, I'm going to go with Vegas. Or Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Good one, Alex. Yeah, um, yeah I, th- I think uh, we've We've got the second Bond villain, which is uh, was it Coleman? That who we said the other Bond villain was? Chris Coleman. Yeah, I was Chris so pumped Coleman. when I saw that article go out. I was like, Wow, oh. that's a good shout. Chris Coleman could definitely be it. I called this shit like four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, I gotta find the original clip about some. I, I do 
like though, that Klopp was like, I don't think anyone wants to see me come out of the water in my bathing suit. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good shout, Klopp. True. Like, I don't want to see that. Speaking of shout, quick shout Alex, which, uh, which Ruben's bruise you got there today? Uh, it's just called their Pilsner. It's a Czech-style Pilsner. Mm. Uh, a clean, crisp, and bright lager with bready malt notes. Floral and spicy hops are balanced with a hint of sweetness. And again, whoever writes their little reviews in the back of their cans, perfect. I guess they should work in the beer industry for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to get him back on. We yeah. Ruben's Brewers will be joining us again in the near future. We're gonna try to give him a couple of wins on the trot before we bring him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tottenham's gonna be flying high <laughs> before we can have him back. Uh yeah. Hopefully the men's national team goes out and plays out in Seattle. If you guys are out there, that's where Ruben's Brews is located. Go check them out. Good Fellas, stuff. we taking taking scores for trash takes to USA, uh, Jamaica, Thursday, October 7th. What do you guys think? Yeah, man. Uh, God. <laughs> Why'd you guys laugh? <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> Sorry, you cut out there. Did you say something? <laughs> Uh, I'll kick us off while this uh, long, hard break brought to us by Extends kind of uh, sits there. Uh, USA, Jamaica. I'm saying Jamaica, USA, 1-1. Jamaica me mad, Steve. (laughs) Don't ignore that. That deserves some love. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say USA, 3, Jamaica, nil. USA, 1-0. Squeaky victory. We got two wins for the U.S., one draw from the, the biggest hater in the room. <laughs> guys, that's that's just about it for our podcast tonight. Uh, I just want to say thank you. And if you're, you're listening to this alone, why don't you have any friends? That's, uh, that's where I'm leaving off today. <laughs> Ricardo. Oh.